Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Welcome to Mischief Makers, your one-stop shop for all things mischief. Join your host, Dave Hearn, as he finds out what makes mischief, well, mischief. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mischief Makers with me, your host, Dave Hearn. Uh, and today we have a very special episode as I am joined by the wonderful Mr. Paul Brown. Hello, Paul. Hello, hello, Dave. Uh, so for those of you that don't know Paul, uh, Paul was an understudy on our West End show Grown Ups, uh, and you also graduated from Royal Welsh, is that right? Uh, yes, I did, yeah, uh, in 2019, so yeah, last year. Yeah. All right, so we're going to talk about that in a little while, um, but just as a kind of preface for the episode, uh, today's episode is going to be a little bit different than usual, because we're going to be talking to Paul about uh, not only about how you kind of got into acting and your journey to join us at Mischief, yeah. uh, you can now, you can never leave, um, <laughs> uh, but <right>. also <laughs> uh, your uh, your West End debut with us as well. Now, yeah. Pretty, that was pretty cool that was pretty amazing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but we'll also be uh devoting quite a lot of the time actually to the black lives matter movement um and chatting about that uh now i'm aware that i'm a white man so paul i imagine i'll be leaving you to do most of the talking <laughs> i thank you, thank you. <laughs> i take that responsibility yeah right mm. um, <laughs> but also we we kind of chatted about this the other day um yeah. we should say that the the aim of this as well is to um make sure that we are uh, amplifying uh, your voice and giving uh, the voices to, to people of colour. The intention of the podcast is not to kind of virtue signal or show that I'm not racist because I have a black friend. Um, <laughs> I understand that uh, myself and uh, Mischief, we have a lot of work to do to kind of balance the scales. So we're here to listen and learn. Um, and it's also worth mentioning, uh, we said this as well, that you are um, one man and you are a brilliant man. But these are your opinions and people may agree or disagree with you. There's there's no pressure here for you to kind of speak on behalf of all people of colour. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, no. yeah, we can just have a chat. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, as much as I would love to be, I'm not Martin Luther King. So I can't, I, you know, <laughs> I'm, I, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not a like, personal representative of all black people. So, um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk about it. And um, great. great. And we'll have a lovely chat. So why don't we get started with, yeah. why don't you tell us about uh, where you grew up and where you went to school, things like that. Yeah, great. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I grew up in South London um, and I grew up mainly around like Crystal Palace area. Um, and uh, I went to St. Anthony's in, in Annalee, which is near Crystal Palace. So really South London. And then mm-hmm. uh, then I went to secondary school, went to Bishop Thomas Grant. And uh, and uh, it was there really where I kind of, that's where I kind of got my kind of love for acting. That's where it really came from. Um, I, I, uh, I auditioned for Macbeth, I think very much in like year seven. Um, and I think at that time, like year sevens didn't get put in school plays. 
I don't think it was. It oh, was, wow. It was mainly like for the older years. Um, but for some, mm. reason, for some reason, quite a few people in, in, our, in our year, um, including one of my, including one of my best mates, um, Rohan, who's now, um, he's now a terrific actor. Um, uh, yeah, we all just decided to audition for it. And, um, uh, and then, yeah, got in, you know, got in, um, and, uh, and then from there kind of just really discovered my, uh, my kind of, my kind of passion and love for acting, I guess. Um, what part did you play in Macbeth? Uh, I played Macduff. So I, I, so I played Macduff and then my mate Rohan played Macbeth. Um, sure. So, you know, so the, the, the final bit at the end, that was, that was, that was, that, that was great. That was pretty cool to do. Um, yeah, Macduff is always the really good part. That's quite a hard part. Macbeth and Macduff are some, how old are you in year seven? You're like, you're like 13? 11. You're like 11. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So intense. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously it was, like the you... it was like the Shakespeare Schools Festival. So it was, it was abridged. So I think it was a very kind of yeah as intense version as doing like a full three hour epic. I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if some eleven year olds would have the kind of emotional stamina for that. Uh, kind yeah, of... No, 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 not at all, not at all. I'm we're too busy, you know, worrying about like Pokemon or something. I don't know. You know. Oh man, I loved Pokemon. Pokemon's great. I um. So do you think that production was any good? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, you know, probably in hindsight, probably not. Um, but then we're, you know, we're, you know, we're we're eleven year olds trying to speak Shakespeare, yeah, and not have a real view yeah. of what actually it is that we're saying. So, you know, I, I mean, I came on, said some words, held up a skull at the end to show, you know, to show that I conquered Macbeth and. People said I did a good job, so you know I'll take that. That's the dream, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it is, you know, I really applaud that bravery actually, because I think at the age of eleven, I I didn't actually really start acting properly until I was about seventeen, right? Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, I suppose eleven is probably quite. I mean, to tackle Macbeth as well, that's amazing. But I think you do you feel like looking back on it now that it was like a really steep learning curve, or was it just something you did? I think, I think, I, I mean, I think at 11, I, it's it's just something that you do. I'm, you know, it's not, I, I can't, I think if anything, I learned how to just properly be on stage in front of people. Um, I mm. think that more than anything that when I did that, I said, actually, do you know what? I, I, I like this. I, I like, I like performing. And so I think that's what I probably took more from it than any kind of acting or, you know, any kind of sure thing, you know? Um, yeah, that's the kind of spark that ignited the fire, yeah, if you will. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And I think that's why you know I kind of just took that and, and just went, yeah, do you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Which probably coincides with the fact that so up until this point, I was quite I was quite sporty in the sense that I played like a lot of basketball, um, cricket. I was also sure. And then as soon as I got into acting, I mean, I that just that everything dropped to that point. And um, you ask any of my friends, I am not sporty in the slightest <laughs> ball games ball games is not my forte anymore um, so uh you know i think uh, yeah yeah that kind of that definitely happened for sure for sure both kind of equally um sort of quite unstable career choices yeah to yeah kind of go down but yeah. i i'm glad you've made this choice thank you so, uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think it's a better one yeah. How old are you now? You're because uh, you're I'm you're sort of you're twenty five. Twenty five. Oh yeah. wow! For some reason, I thought you were younger than that, but oh, really? I I don't know why. Yeah, I thought. Um, I think maybe because you joined us just after you graduated. I've I'm now like feel like an old man. I just assume that everyone graduates must be like you know ten or something. Sure, sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's more me, I think. Well, I think I was in. I think um, I was definitely one of the youngest in uh, in the company. Um, mm. I think it was like I think me and me and Holly were like the same same like same age. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Holly's just turned twenty five. Yeah, twenty five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So um, so uh, yeah, I, I was definitely definitely one of the young ones. But yeah, no, twenty five now. So yeah, nice wise man. Um, <laughs> and so, how did you find secondary school? Um, so yeah, secondary school was um, secondary school was interesting for me actually because um, I think as well as you know, obviously 
acting really came massive focal point for me um, at, at secondary school, um, and obviously it's tough because you're going, you you know, you're going through so much through secondary school. Like you're growing up, you're kind of figuring out like like who you are as a person, um, mm. and uh, you know, I think one thing that came. Um, that was big for me actually was around year nine. So I'm probably what 14 at this age. And um that's around the age that my uh my mum first uh, got diagnosed with cancer. Um oh, wow. which was which was a huge thing. And um and because I don't have um I don't have a you know my father's not my father's never been around so it's only ever really just been me and my mum. So um mm-hmm. they're straight away with a level of um uh, kind of weighted responsibility of like knowing what yeah of what's happening as well as also trying to have the freedom of you know what a teenager is meant to have as well and um so yes that definitely that definitely was something you know of a of a of a battle I'd say um but uh but but thankfully that thankfully there was you know great support within the school and within my friends as well who I'm you know some of my closest friends are actually still from secondary school who, you know, wow. have been there through everything. So, um, which has been, you know, which has been great, but, uh, but yeah, no, so, yeah, secondary school kind of definitely had it, definitely had its challenges and um, definitely had its challenges at time, times to kind of, you know, yeah, balance, 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 being a balance, still being a kid, but, you know, I guess also trying to be an adult at the same time. Um, yeah. Cause did you have to look after your mum in any way? Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I you know, I guess I always have. So, so my, so, so my mum, uh, my mum was so unfortunately she passed away about six and a half years ago now. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, due to due to cancer, um, but my mum was deaf, so I always, even from a young age, wow. always, um, you know, I, I went everywhere with my mum. I went, you know, uh, you know, to obviously interpret for my mum effectively so it'd be you know things like shopping and things um mm. and you know whatever and but even like doctor's appointments and it wasn't till kind of later on um kind of later on towards towards the end of her life really that you know provisions were made in things like doctors and G, you know gps and surgeries that actually you know they would have an, an adult interpreter in there for my mum so a lot yeah. was just me going in there and you know having to um kind of having to sign for her really uh so did you essentially yeah. pass on the diagnosis how do you had sorry how do you mean so you got the diagnosis of cancer from the doctor and then but did you have to sign that to your mum oh no no so that was so that um actually uh, no actually my mum told me i think she had a i think that was around the time when she started to have um okay uh, an interpreter so so yes that came that came uh, mm. more from my yeah my mum told me basically that she had that yeah, yeah. wow that's such yeah. an amazing kind of it's a real tragic thing to happen but I imagine that's quite a, a a sort of quite a blunt instrument into growing up very very quickly around that time yeah the, what in terms of uh the sign language and and cancer and yeah that that kind of whole thing because i feel like if you're spending a lot of your younger life uh interpreting for an adult you you mm. must have a kind of s- strange window into the adult world that other kids might not have got yeah i mean i was definitely you know i, I was definitely privy to things that you know a lot of kids probably wouldn't have um mm. it just meant that i which is weird because i think it, it you know kind of it messes with your psyche a bit because you're still again. You're you're still kind of figuring out how the world is. You're still figuring all that mm. out. Um, but at the same time, like like so, for example, like we you know we do we don't come from money at all. Um, and so I remember growing up wanting wanting like a PlayStation, as most kids do. I've never had one, and mm. you know, and sure, whatever. But um, but but I remember just being really confused as to why I didn't have a PlayStation. But at the same time, knowing that my mom didn't necessarily have the finances for that, but I didn't, I didn't, that still wasn't a correlation for me. I still didn't, that still wasn't making yeah. me. Um, uh, so yeah, it was more of a, it's a, yeah, it was more of a head spin, I'd say for me, I, I think, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's things like that, I suppose, now you look back on and you kind of go, well, of course I didn't have a PlayStation. Yeah. At the yeah. time, it's like, you yeah, don't yeah, get yeah. how that works. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I look back and I'm like, well, 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 obviously I didn't have a PlayStation. <laughs> like, <laughs> we were very much trying to keep food, have food on the tables. That was obviously much more of a priority than, you know, playing, you know, FIFA or whatever. But you know. I don't know, man. <laughs> You know, food or food or games. You know, you know, what what's what? Well, what's more important. Well, I don't know. Me, hey, I I can't play FIFA. I can't play FIFA. So you know, it's uh, I'll, I'll I'll go. I'll definitely go for the food for sure. I'll do that. I think to be honest, now, mate, I think it's a bit of a blessing because I I did have um this. Well, this is a, an example maybe of my privilege here in mm. in a kind of um a sort of. Uh, materialistic form is that i did have a playstation right, right, right um but now i i spend they do this thing now on consoles where they tell you how many hours you've played a game uh, and it's crippling right. mate you know you spend you spend days <laughs> of your life on these things and they you know i i tell myself you know they're, they're good for you you know they're yeah. brain exercises yeah. just read a book <laughs> yeah. learn something you know so yeah, I, I have to actively get off them now. We're actually saying that I've actually just bought myself a Kindle, actually. Um uh and nice. That, that's been that's been great. That's been yeah, that's been pretty good. Um You know what they say about Kindle though, mate? It's the it's the gateway gamers. You know, it's how you get I, into gaming. I I'm gonna have to disagree with you there. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna have to, you know. Although although saying that though, when I because I did have a I did have a computer, I remember um mm. the football manager. I remember playing Football Manager, and I think yeah. that, that was my FIFA. So that I was there was a there was a point where I was horribly addicted. I was like, it's it's I don't even like football. Yeah, I got addicted to it as well. It, it was like it, like it gets to a point where you get into like you kind of you start from I'd say you know two thousand eight, and I think there was one time within like a couple of months I got to like two thousand thirty eight, and I was you wow. know I had like my own stadium named after me. I mean you know. <laughs> I felt I felt like achieved something, and then you do kind of step back and go, "Wow, I probably should stop doing this." Yeah, <laughs> then... you should probably go back to school, read a book. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to um sort of demonstrate my lack of skill when it comes to interviewing, and slightly uh sort of bluntly shove us in another direction. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were at school, um, yeah. it's something I've been sort of uh reading up on and kind of seeing in a lot of books and stuff did you experience anything any racism kind of growing up that you now look back on as an adult and and sort of see it for what it was um not not necessarily I don't I don't think so um I I you know I was I was very fortunate that because I went to school in South London um my secondary school was very diverse um Mm. hugely so um and so you know, actually, so I'm I'm currently reading um, Natives, um, uh, yes, which is so 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 good. Um, and he actually makes a he actually makes a point of saying, which I definitely noticed. So, in primary school, three of my best mates at that time were all white. Um, mm. And then going into secondary school, um, I very so I went to my secondary school with one of my best mates, Sam. Um, uh he's white and um I always noticed it that actually whenever we whenever we went into school like we'd, we'd get the bus together into school but then he would go off to his mates who are white and I would go off to my mates who are black um wow and uh and yeah because Akala Akala makes that Makala makes that point and it's so it's so true it's you know yeah a lot of my a lot of my friends from um from secondary school were, were you know were black and I think it's just that thing of just kind of more recognizing who you are um as a person and mm. people that go through similar things so um so yeah I don't yeah I don't necessarily you know I don't think I saw any racism during secondary school but um the any racism that I had I had had received um uh was very much well not received that makes it sound like I I, I was asking for it um, so if you purchased it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, please thank you um <laughs> Uh, yeah, any racism, racism that I'd experienced was kind of going on through, um, was kind of happening to me through uh, la- later towards my later towards my life, I reckon. Um, around kind of wow, like okay, nineteen. Um, and may- maybe maybe it's because I'm more aware, maybe because I, you know I'm more aware now of what it is. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely when uh, yeah through secondary school, I think I was yeah, I 
I don't think I was anyway. I don't, I don't, who, who knows? Who knows? But, um, but yeah, definitely towards later in my in my life, I've definitely experienced some some things. And what form does it take? Is it kind of? I guess that I guess the question I guess I want to ask is that I grew up thinking racism was just using offensive language, right? And I kind of learned what words to use and what not to use. And mm-hmm. I'm ashamed to say yeah. I learned some of those words that you shouldn't use too late mm-hmm. in my life. I think in my early twenties. Sure. Um, but I think. I'm sort of learning now that it's uh, the idea of racism and being racist is much more insidious than just shouting at somebody in the street. I think we like it when things are obvious and uh, yeah, forgive the kind of expression, but when it's black and white, you know, when there's a clear kind of a clear divide between what's, what's racist and what's not racist, but actually it, it seems that it's, it's much more insidious than certainly I thought it was for quite a long time. Yeah, I think I think I, I think that's the thing, and it's something that I've um, that I've come to realise a lot more is so you know it, it's it's like taking the US and the UK for example. So you mm. know, I think I think it's very easy for the UK to go around to turn around and say, well, actually, we're not actually like the US because you know at least we're not you know going around killing killing black people, for example. Which you know, which mm. obviously entirely true. There are obviously many. You know, you've got Mark Duggan, Stephen Lawrence. You know, you know, we, we do have that here. Um, mm. Yeah, no, of course, it, it's not. You know, the scale isn't as bad as is in the US, but you know, here in the UK, and and actually, this unsettles me more so is the fact that it's just a lot more subtle and it's a lot more hidden. And mm. um, uh, and the reason why that unsettles me is because it, it messes with your mental health. Because if you try, you know, if something happen, if something happens to you. If something happens to you that's not necessarily as obvious as as being called the n word, for example, or being shot. Someone, you know, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of the time people can turn around to you, and a lot of the time white people can turn around to you and go, actually, I, you know, do you really think that was a that was that was racist? Do you really think that they were trying to come at you that way? And it's and you go, well, well, well yeah, mm. obviously, you know, obviously, and so then you start to question it. Um, you start to very much question it. I, you know, I, I, um. I, I had no I had an audition um for uh for Central uh, actually uh, Central School Speech Drama um, right. and uh and it was a final round um, I think it was the first final round that I'd had um in that year of applying for drama schools um I remember doing uh I remember I did uh <laughs> Macbeth actually I did a Macbeth speech um, <laughs> uh and I remember yeah I remember doing the speech and then uh, the head of the course, who's who was on the panel, he he um, he, you know, he saw me. He saw that I did speech, and then he asked me, you know, where are you, you know, where are you from, and where do you live? And so I said, you know, well, I'm Jamaican, uh, and I'm currently living in living in Beckenham, um, which you know, anyone been to Beckenham, very white area. I mean, very very mm-hmm. white, you know, very kind of suburban. Uh, and, uh, and then he just looked at me and went, okay, so what do you know about gang culture? <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, I was like, what? I was like, what? And he goes, yeah. He's like, what, what do you, what do you know about, what do you know about gang culture? And so I, I, I remember saying, well, you know, I, I, I mean, I went to, a, you know, I went to a good school and like, you know, yeah, my school was, you know, in South London and diverse, but it was actually one of the most improving schools in South London. Like it was a really well performing school um and you know my my friends my friends are, are they're good friends of mine we don't you know we very much are good people we don't you know we don't kind of you know do anything otherwise and and you know yeah. so the only thing that I'm gonna know about gang will be from like tv or films really you know um but what what was the objective of asking that question do you think so what was he trying to find out so 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 he went he was so he went on and he basically got me to redo my speech but he said, so it was a speech where, Mac, uh, where Macbeth wants uh, Banquo killed, basically. And he's talking right. to murderers to get Banquo killed. And so so he said, you know, let, let's let just pretend that, you know, way back when um, these, you know, these, you know, these kings, you know, these kings and stuff were like head of gangs. And so let's just say, oh my God. Let's, just, <laughs> let's just say that, you know, that, you know, Macbeth is the head of a gang. And so you're kind of ordering like a, like a kill on like a, like a, like a rival gang or something like that. And I just remember, I remember I stood there and I was like, okay. Um, oh, that's so horrid. 
but then, but then, but then, but then this is the this is the messed up thing is because obviously at this time I'm I'm still I, 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 so on one side I'm going hang on this isn't right, but on the other side I'm going but I really want to get into drama school because at this point this was like my fourth year of applying yeah. I really want to get into drama school at this point I'm like you know I yeah. You know, um and so you're so I, vulnerable as well at that point exactly you, you know you kind of think oh but if i if i react in a negative way is that going to go against me you know at this point at this point obviously you think that drama schools have a have a like a huge huge role to play in the industry so you go oh, if i if i go against this and i'm probably gonna be blacklisted and so i should probably like keep, mm. keep my mouth shut and so i just remember like i remember i just saw red at that point and so this poor girl who who I had to do the speech to, I, I was basically just yelling, absolutely just oh yelling my, my speech at because I was just, you know, completely outraged. But then but then the, the funny thing was then obviously I did that speech. Obviously I did that speech horribly because, you know, I've been completely completely been taken out of the context of what the speech actually mm. was. Um and uh and I remember I remember leaving. I remember leaving I remember leaving the, the drama school and going, do you know what? Do you know what? Actually, just, just, just complete, just forget this. Like completely forget this. Like if this is what acting is, I, I don't want any part of it. And then like, this was like seconds after leaving the drama school. And then I remember getting on the train back home and I thought to myself, but did I read too much into that? Did I, did I, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe I don't know. Did I, was that a thing? And then was it somehow your fault for like yeah, overreacting? Exactly. Did I? Did I? Yeah. Did I? Did I overreact to it? And then, but then I remember, you know, and then I remember telling people about it, and there were, and there was some people that were like, "Paul, no, this is, I mean, that's wrong. That's clearly, that's clearly wrong." But then, but then I do remember speaking to a couple of other people, a couple of, you know, a couple of my white mates who went, "Well, actually, you know, do you think? Do you think he was being racist? Do you, you know?" And it's. Uh, and it's it's just that it's that it's that thing. And that's why I go back and I say that actually, that's why I think racism is you know it being more subtle here is a problem because because yeah. people do question they question it when actually no what happened then was racist. He would not have said that to a white person. He just wouldn't have. There is you know absolutely no way he would have done that. He's obviously looked at me. Yeah. And said, You're a black person. You're from Jamaica. Therefore, you obviously must know about gang culture. When I know mm. actually. I know nothing. I would last. I would last thirty seconds in a gang. Like I, you know, it's not. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's. I it, yeah. It'd be horrible. So um, so so yeah. So so you know. I think I think racism kind of comes in in many forms, and I think we just need to be, you know, as you know, as the UK, um, we can we can always look to America. We can always go, you know, racism in America, but we have racism here, and I think we just need to we just need to face up to it. Um, and just be honest, mm. just just say it for what it is. Um, a lot of the time, and and I think a lot of that is, I think a lot of it is, is white people just white people just speaking up more about it. Like if you see it, say it, and you know, um, you know, if, if 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 you know, if your if your if your friend who is black, Asian, whatever, is coming up to you and saying, oh, this thing happened, or whatever, you know, don't question it. Like if if your if your first response is yeah, but. That, I mean, no, mm. no, not you know, not not at all. I think you just need to accept it for what it is, and if you if you see it firsthand, see it firsthand, call it out because especially especially with white people, and unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, this is the case. You know, you know, white people do have a bigger voice in this. You yeah. know, um, and I think it's you know, I think it's I think it's I think it's up to white people just to say actually, you know, you know what, this isn't right, and actually speak out on it and even if you're not fully even if you're not fully educated even if you're not fully educated in it like that's fine that's you know that's 100% fine and just admit that and just open yourself up to that um mm. kind of just shy away from it kind of you know take on full on you know tackle it full on because I think that's, I think that's, yeah. um, I think that's really the only way that we're going to be able to kind of fully um kind of combat this is if everyone kind of puts their hands up and go actually do you know what we don't we don't know, but let's learn. And actually, that isn't right. What happened there wasn't wasn't fine. Rather than just sitting silent to it, you know. Yeah, I think I think you've uh, we I think you've touched on the thing that luckily is actually now being talked about quite a lot. Um, and I think I the strange thing as a as a kind of white person in the middle of this is that to learn that you 
you have an unconscious bias that you're not aware of. It's quite a weird thing to accept. And I think that's the, that's the big stage is just, I think you're totally right. It's just like, it's, it's just fine to accept that you just don't know enough and that's okay. That's the first step just to be like, Oh, I don't know. Let's uh, cool. Let's start the scary journey of learning. And I think that's the, that's the key. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, you know, I said it, I said it to my, I said it to my white friends as well. You know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, I think white people in general might be scared to say something in case it comes across offensive. And I've said, and I mm. said, my, I've said this to my white friends. I said, look, you know, um, if you, you know, I would rather you say what say say what comes into your head. If it's offensive or if it's wrong, I'm gonna correct you. I, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna like, I'm gonna across <laughs> the face. I'm not gonna like, you know, whatever. But I will say to you, look, actually, that wasn't, that actually wasn't right, and here's why it's not right, and actually, this is what it actually is. Um, mm. because then, because then, that's how, that's how it kind of, that's how it starts, really. I think, you know, if if you don't say it, you, it can never change. It can never, you know. Because then you're not having the honest discussion that I think has been needed to be had for a long time, um, and even if that, yeah. I think even if that honest discussion is uncomfortable, which it's going to be, um, that's another thing as well. We just need to have these uncomfortable discussions, um, and I think I think white people, in, you know, in particular, I, I, I know I keep saying white people, white people, white people, but um, you know, I think I think it's the thing of yeah, I think white people just need to except the fact that there are some, you know, there are some home truths and there are some uncomfortable conversations that are going to need to be had to, you know, to, to, for there to be any, any kind of step forward really um, mm. in it. It just, yeah, it just needs to happen. Yeah. It seems to me like there's a, a strange, um, strange kind of ironic uh, Britishness about kind of not talking about it because it's sort of a very kind of stiff upper lip. We'll just pretend it's not there and move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think it's this idea of having one's pride dented. And I think, yeah, you, you, you are saying white people, white people, white people, but I, th- I think that's, <laughs> that's because it's true. You know, like I don't, I don't see many uh, like people of color talking to each other being like, mm, I'm not sure about, how you feel i'm not <laughs> sure if that's racist yeah, and i think yeah. um yeah it's the systemic nature of it that i think is uh is really scary that you not sorry not you one one feels like uh, they are a part of it so you end up kind of being like oh shit yeah i'm i'm a part of this system and i the thing this really scary thing is, is i personally don't even know how i have benefited from the system Right, right. And so I can talk to you about how, and we should be talking to you about how you have not benefited from the system. Yeah. And I think you're totally right with the, you know, what do you know about gang story? I think, um, I think, yeah, I've kind of, as, you know, top of the pyramid, white straight man, kind of gone through life just being like, yeah, what's the problem, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I think because I've never encountered it in a way. And so, it's really, um, yeah, I think it's really important that uh, people like me and white people mm. in general accept that you may have benefited from the system and not even really know how and uh, reflect on that. Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, if, uh, you know, uh, well, I think, I think it's, I think it's just that as well. I think if you, if you, if you kind of, if you, if you, if you are a white person that's going, you know, I don't know how I've, benefited you know from the system or I've never I've never had a negative you know impact and I think that in itself <clears throat> says a lot because it obviously means that you, you know you kind of haven't um I say, I say you like not you specifically Dave but just you know um, yeah no, yeah 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 um you know I think that I think that I think that just kind of says that you you know you've you've you've, you've had it fine I think you've not you've not you know you've not you've not had to You've not had to, you know. I'm being specific now. You don't, you, you know, you haven't had to apply for drama school, for example, and and be the only black person in your year group and go, well, actually, am I here because I'm black or am I here because I'm talented? You know, um, mm. you know, and it's it's the, you know, you do ask yourself questions constantly. If I, 
apply for a job interview you know um you know again like am i i i i made this joke i remember making this joke actually that um uh when i was like 17 18 and i applied for i applied for a job at this um at this clothes shop and uh and i i made the joke that because because my so my name being paul brown is quite a white sounding name um mm. and so i kind of made a joke that on the cv i must come across as like a white person and then obviously i get to the interview and then they look at me and go oh well probably not you know because <laughs> yeah I mean, but that's like that's at 17 i'm having i'm having i'm making jokes but obviously there's a subconscious thing of going well actually this might happen uh you're aware of it oh 100 100 and i think if that you know if that's the um you know if you haven't had to if, you, if that hasn't even been a thought then yeah you've had a you've had a privilege that that is that in itself is yeah. a privilege and um yeah i think you just yeah i have i have never thought um i would not get something because i'm white yeah yeah exactly. um, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, and i think like or like well i but then i would also yeah uh, yeah i was just like thinking i was like but then would i go i would never like go for a part like othello but then at the same time white people have played that part so <laughs> that's not even a good yeah. example <laughs> yeah but that's the thing though but that's the and that's the crazy thing that's the craziest thing why why people have played that part and then like black faced for that uh, i know and, just, and it's quite recent as well yeah you're just like oh what like the one the like yeah the, the one you know the one shakespeare part that quote-unquote was written for us mm. and it's still being taken away from us like that in itself, <laughs> like that in itself is crazy and that is just yeah like, and you just go wow wow i um yeah it actually kind of brings us on to uh this idea actually of um so it was something that's featured in um i saw blue orange when it was at the young vic yes with yeah, yeah, um right. david haig and daniel Kal- kaluuya am i saying that right yeah yeah, yeah. kaluuya yeah and um i didn't i mean they first of all it was an amazing show i absolutely loved it and um yeah it was also something that david uh harewood mentioned in his documentary he talks about um has a documentary called My Psychosis and Me. And he talks about when he left drama school, uh, he played um, Romeo in Romeo and Juliet. Mm. And um, there was loads of reviews that came out. And some of the language used in the reviews is really, like, uh, quite disgusting. Mm. Um, but most, the thing that really hit him was that it was he was referred constantly to as Black Romeo, or as uh, the black production of Romeo and Juliet um, as a kind of unique feature. Um, And he said that he started to find, and it kind of relates to the the story of the the main character in Blue Orange, that actually if everybody looks at you slightly differently every day and you start to think, are people looking at me differently or thinking about me differently every day, even if it's just small, imperceptible, tiny nuanced bits of discussion or just a glance in the street that and you've touched on it as well this idea that it it must affect your mental health where you start to go well am i different or am i crazy or did did that really just happen did the guy really ask me to perform a speech from Macbeth as a sort of gang leader ordering a hit on another (laughs) gang leader? Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah like is that is that normal should i be angry at that and of course you should but it, yeah, it's this idea of kind of identifying with, um, yeah, like this this insidious, these tiny, tiny examples that kind of get you every day. Yeah. Is that something that you feel happens, particularly in drama schools? Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's the thing, you know, there was a, so in the year above me at drama school, um, I there was a play uh, that was put on and... I mean, th- I mean, there's uh, there's not a lot of diver- there wasn't a lot of diversity in my drama school anyway. But I think it was a mm. year where they had they had enough they 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 they, they had enough um, they had enough people where they could actually put this cast together um, for this play, and it just kept on being called the black play, um, and okay. and it just ended up like I just you know 
I remember feeling the type of way about it. I'm I wasn't even in the play, but I know a lot of the you know I know the people that were in the cast just kept saying, "But this isn't a black play. It's just a play." Like it, it's just a play with a cast of some black people in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and but again, the, the only reason why they could do the play was because they actually had the cast. They actually had the black people. They had enough black people to be able to do to do the to do the play. And and so, but because of that, because it just get kept kept being called the black play it just it just kind of it just just kind of it just it just it just again it it's it's othering you know it yeah well, because because it's a thing you know you will never you will never you you will never you will never you will never see like a tradition again quote unquote traditional um romeo and juliet and go the white you would never call up the white play you would never mm. it would never happen um and so why why having you know someone like david harewood you know being romeo yeah of course of course he's a black romeo he's a black man playing romeo but yeah he's still just romeo there's there's no there's no i you know it, you know at, at the end of the day pe- people that do that people that kind of you know say black romeo you know black this black that you know you are putting us in a box you're very much or putting this in a box and you're 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 you know you're very much going okay yeah you can play Romeo but you know it's you know it's different it's it's different it's not it's not really tradi- traditional it's not it's not really how it should it's not really how it should be but we're going to give you this and you know but yeah, yeah here you go. or the idea that it's kind of exciting oh, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. different in some oh, 100%. way 100% and I think I think that's why a lot of I think that's why a lot of um I, I think that's you know a reason why you know, a lot of drama schools and a lot of like theatre institutions kind of they that that that's for them is how they draw how they draw on having um on 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 saying shall I say that they've got they've got inclusive inclusivity that they've got diversity mm. by going oh it's fine we actually are pretty diverse because you know you've got a black play we've got you know we've got a black Romeo what that's so crazy mm. we're and now because of that we can now draw in we can now draw in you know um we can now draw in a black audience which yes is great amazing and we do need to see we do need to see more of that um mm. don't do it at the expense of just othering us don't do it because it's tokenistic don't do it because you know it's gonna it's gonna get you four or five stars from from the guardian for example like don't don't mm. do it that just put the play on just just put the play on and just and just have it have it is what it is you know yeah and it's yeah it's that thing of um it being yeah i think you i think you've you've said it pretty brilliantly actually the the idea of othering coming from a place of being like it's sort of signaling isn't it that virtue signaling of just being like we have a black romeo so all is well yeah yeah, yeah. but actually you you don't what you've failed to do is just get a good actor to play Romeo who yeah. happens to be black. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, that's, and I, yeah, that's, and it, you know, it kind of, it kind of, it kind of comes to the whole, this whole point. Um, like effect, effectively, and I think you know the whole reason why we have the Black Lives Matter movement in the first place is ultimately all we're still asking, which is crazy that we're still that I'm that I'm saying this in twenty twenty, but all we're asking for is equality. Like that is effectively all it is. We're not asking to be on top. We're not asking to kind of conquer and 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 destroy white people and and kind of whatever. Mm. We are literally just asking to have to have a seat at the table with with white people. That's effectively all it is. And yeah, you know, and and so by and, and so simply by keep referring to it as like the black play or black Romeo or black this black that. You're not doing that. You're 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 very much still putting us in a box. You're still putting us in our, you know, in our place. You know, um, mm. and I th- I think yeah, people just need to realise that. That's a, you know that's all it is. You know. Well, I think um, that that kind of actually one of the points I wanted to talk about as well was the kind of use of language. Yeah, and I think it's this idea of. Um, kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about the idea of uh, forms of racism being more overt, you know, using the N-word, for example, is yeah. a really clear example to me where I go, oh, that person's used a racist word. So that's a really easy thing to spot. Um, but I actually had a discussion with Charlie and I uh, read an article uh, 
And so, for example, I knew that people of colour is a more accepted term, obviously, than coloured people. Mm-hmm. And I had learned that uh, quite a while ago, many, many years ago, that referring to someone as coloured or saying coloured people is an offensive term yeah. and you shouldn't use it. Now, I learned that, I stopped using it, and I moved on. But never once did it occur to me that the reason, one of the reasons that is an offensive term is because it was coloured people was something that was given by white people um and so when talking about you know coloured bathrooms or coloured water taps and queues and things like that in different places for people to sit on the bus it's this yeah this idea of um which i'm ashamed to say i think is quite a new idea to me this idea of othering Mm. through through the use of language by being like so i was using the term non-white for quite a while Mm. um and was just like but charlie was like well, what that does is that infers that whiteness is normal yeah um yeah. And whiteness is the baseline yeah. and anything that is not white regardless of black brown asian whatever it's just whiteness is the 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 kind of yardstick yeah, 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 <laughs> upon yeah. which other races yeah. are measured and so yeah that's quite a strange um and makes a lot of sense completely and as soon as i'd heard it i was like oh wow okay right i need to reset a bit here and i think yeah the use of language is is really important and as you say like referring to it as a a kind of black play yeah is 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 othering yeah and i i think as well i mean so 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 it's interesting that you brought up like like people of color and 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 like bame for example so like personally myself i don't like i don't like bame i don't like people of color personally because uh you mean the language not the people yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i love black asian brown people. I, love you all. I love you all um but uh but yeah no i don't i don't like the language of it because it's still to me it's that's still othering it's still, mm. it's still very much putting us in a box effectively um and um and like 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 bame for example bame you know, BAME is black, Asian, minority, ethnic. And, mm-hmm. However, that can, I still find that being used to describe a person, a black person. Now, I'm black and I don't, I don't want to be called BAME because I'm not black, Asian and minority ethnic. I'm just black. So mm. I would very much someone call me black, then put me in a group such as people of colour or, or BAME. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that, you know, because it's, it's, you know, it's, you know, you're just, you're just, you're just kind of, you're just saying it, you're just saying it for what it is. It's not, again, you're not, you're not bunching us all together. You're not, um, you're not, uh, you know, you're not, you're not, yeah, you're just not grouping us all together. You're just, you're, 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 you're allowing us to have our own spaces because at the end of the day, you know, um, black culture and within black culture you've got different cultures so you've got you know you've got Ghanaian, nigerian um zimbabwean you've got jamaican um Bayesian. you've got all these different all these different you know all those different cultures you know within 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 the black demographic and then you've got asian you know so you've got indian uh you know uh japanese chinese you know and they're and they've got their own cultures which are very different between mm. that and so if you bunch them all together into one thing, you're saying it's all the same, and it's it's not. It's yeah. It's it's, it's really not. So um, uh, so personally, I would do away with those with those um, uh, with with that with that kind of um, with that kind of like the sort of grouping. The group, yeah, the grouping. I think you know, it's, yeah. not, it's not needed. It's just not needed. Just 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 say it for just say it for what it is. You know. If, mm. if you need a, if you need a, you know, if you need a black actor, I say you need a black actor. Don't call it, don't call them you know, like a, bay, you know, don't say you need a BAME actor because that's that that in itself is so general, so, so yeah. Very we we need to kind of get someone in who isn't white. Yeah, so we call them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. see. Actually, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, yeah. how do you feel about? Um, auditions uh that are uh i'm I'm gonna use the term babe now but the auditions that are specifically aimed where like a company or a a group may say we're going to have a day where we're only auditioning um people of color or bame actors or non-white actors 
is that a thing that feels still slightly reductive or is that something that is a kind of positive step? Hmm. Um, it still feels, it's in a way, it still feels reductive to me because like, okay, so like, okay, so I'll, 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 I'll use the example of, um, uh, of Blue Story, for example. Right, um, which is which is a film that I which I really which I really which I really enjoyed and I really kind of got a lot out of um, myself. But like for example, that casting is that I, I I don't know what that casting breakdown or what that casting breakdown would have been, but that would have been very that would have been obviously obviously the the target the target people of the breakdown would have been black people, right? Mm. Um. So that so that's kind that's kind of that kind of is what it is, you know. I think if then if there is another film or another play and they're purposely seeking, they're only seeking black people. It kind of just feels it 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 kind of it, actually okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to process what I'm trying to say. I'm <laughs> like okay. Um, it kind of it kind of just feels like an open day for black people. You know, it right. kind of just feels like, a, oh, this is your day to show up and 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 have your space. And actually, again, it it comes back to the same equality thing. We just want to. We don't like. I don't mind. I don't mind being in the same room as a white person, mm. as long as as long as there is an equality in that. As long as you know, as long as as long as I don't get the job just because I'm black, and as long as he doesn't get the job because he's white, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I'm yep. not gonna. But I, I, what is unsettling for me is when you know, there's a specific call for black actors in a space where it isn't traditionally um, diverse or, you know? Yeah. It, yeah, it very much just kind of feel, like, yeah, an open day for black people, which I don't think is, I, you know, I, 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 can, I can understand why it may seem like it is progressive, but mm. in, in actual fact, I don't really think it is. Yeah, I know. I I agree, and I, I I understand that that makes it again. It's sort of like, um, yeah, open day for black people sounds quite uh, quite horrible, doesn't it? And I think that's probably quite a good term to to put on it because it sort of exposes a light on, I suppose, actually what what's really happening. Yeah. Um, and I think. Well, actually, let's talk about let's because I was just going to move us on, but I think we should actually move on to talk about uh, your experience in grown ups. Yeah. Um, so uh, the hit West End mischief show, grown ups, oh. um, and you. I've just realised actually during this. So you understudied me. Yeah. Um, at one point, yeah. so you are Paul Brown. Yeah. Understudying me, who is white, playing yeah. Mister White. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 that, 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 yeah i had that thought in rehearsal i was like oh this is funny there's so many kind of strange colors here yeah. um but so you were under so you understudied me you understudied henry were well, you a first cover for me first cover for henry shields and henry lewis is that right so no so i was, so I was first cover for you and henry lewis and then um second cover for henry shields and you went on for Archie a few times, didn't I you? I did, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um so yeah, I guess my question is, uh, is how did you find did you think it was did it feel different understudying uh somebody white in a in a because it's kind of hard with mischief as well, because we're creating the parts as we go along. Cool. So it's not like you've gone into a Shakespeare play and there's a white actor playing Romeo and you're understudying that actor yeah. but does it feel different to you if if one of the parts you've been understudying was being played by um by a black person say um yeah I, I, yeah I, I, yeah i think it is i think it is different i think it's um you know i think there's that there, there, there are there there are there are certain things that uh, that when i'm understudying a white actor obviously there are certain things that that they can do that i necessarily can't do where even if it's as small as like like a small mannerism for example they're like they're, they're like they're, there are certain things that you know that i can do that a, that a white actor can do and so it just it basically just it it basically just means that our parts are are actually going to be more different than anything which isn't necessarily a bad thing mm. 
but it's definitely it's definitely a challenge because there were you know there were times when I was in rehearsals and obviously what watching you know what watching what watching you guys and and then I remember there was a conflict within me going okay but am I I mean and I think all this also came from me this just being my first job out of drama school and so I'm mm. trying to figure things out but I think um there were questions of me questions in my head going okay but am I meant to do it like this mm. do it like this that doesn't that doesn't feel right in my body that doesn't you know um that doesn't feel right in my body so how you know what kind of thing what, how should I go about it um and then and then there was finally a switch in my head actually went do you know what just do what I just do what I I I, I can only do what I can do um and uh so yeah I think yeah I think there is th- I think there is I think it, I think there is a difference for yeah for understudying a part like that for example how would you feel if you were to use the David Harewood example actually if you were um understudying he was playing Romeo and you were understudying him so you have a black actor playing Romeo and a black understudy do you feel that you uh, you might not be able to answer it but hypothetically would you feel slightly more comfortable or, or slightly less aware of it yeah yeah probably probably I think yeah I think I yeah I'd, I think I would 100% be more comfortable um mm. Just because, yeah, it's. I mean, I mean, it's. I mean, I mean, it's that thing of. It's that thing of. It's that thing of. Um, when they say that, you know, kids, kids when they're young, the reason why we need to have the reason why we need to have more diversity on screens and in plays in the first place, is because if kids watch it, they recognise themselves and they there's an attachment. To them. Mm. I think it's the same with understudying. Personally, if I, yeah, if I'm understudying, you know, if I was to understudy David Harewood, um you know, I would go, I, I, I reckon I recognize myself in him. Not a hundred percent. He's a different person to me, but I go, Oh, okay. Like, you know, I get it. I get, I get why he might have made that choice, for example, because it's something that resonates with me as a, mm. as a black man. Um, uh, so yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I'm just sort of thinking now, um, if, if the same were true the other way, if I was understudying, uh, a black person yeah would i would i have that thought and i wonder if i think this is probably an example of my privilege again um that's <laughs> that i wouldn't think i don't think it would occur to me yeah. i think it would i would understand not that i think my baseline would be uh not that it would be strange i'd be like oh i'm just a white guy uh and i don't have to worry about being black or or i don't have to worry about living up to anything i'm just a different person doing a different performance yeah yeah, yeah. but for me that's not a problem because my baseline is that my skin color is quote unquote normal right and so yeah i think as i sort of say it out loud i sort of realize that i that's kind of what everyone should feel like do you know what yeah, i mean like oh, everyone 100%, should 100% yeah and it's i think it's really kind of i don't know i guess right now i feel a kind of sense of guilt about that but also at the same time it's like i i shouldn't feel guilty like that but other people should just feel like like that yeah <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah no i get that i get that i get that yeah yeah that's really uh interesting i'm glad we talked about that because that, that never really occurred to me before um so we're coming up to sort of 55 minutes now so i'm going to sort of start to bring us to a close right. um and the last thing i want to talk about is um something so it's the the response to black lives matter is um all lives matter mm-hmm. and uh i in the uh, interest of being open and honest i have a problem with this um but I, th- I don't want to voice that problem before you. So, do you do you feel that it is a damaging argument, a damaging counter argument to the Black Lives Matter movement? Oh yeah, massively. And in, in what way? Because it's it's, you know, the black. I mean, the Black Lives Matter movement started because, you know black men in america and you know it ha- again it happens here in the uk too um 
but black men in America are being are being killed by police officers. You know, you know, unlawfully. Um, mm. And you know that 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 that's where that's where it that's where it started. That's that's why that's why we're having to protest. That's that's the reason why we're having to really have to really push that out as the message in the first place. Mm. For someone to then come out and say all lives matter, it just it's it's like it's it's like you you've completely and utterly just missed you've missed the point. Like you've completely, mm. completely missed the point of, of 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 the reason why of the reason why this message is having to come out in the first place because because we're not seeing this happen with white people and and you know it it might be happening but 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 it's it's but you know it's it just yeah I mean, it's not on the same scale yeah 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 and it, you know yeah uh, you know again it's by by by, by all lives matter yes that. That is a that is a fact. That is you know, and all lives should matter. Yeah, mm. but it's just very evident at the moment that black lives don't. Yeah, I think that's that's the the key. I think you know. I I got in a uh, not a kind of Twitter debate. I try to avoid them where I can. Yeah, because I I get quite stressed and quite anxious by them. Yeah, of course. Um, because I think there's such an easy medium to hide and not have your opinion changed. Yeah. Um, because you don't actually have to engage with someone. And I think I remember responding to a guy basically saying that to me, it feels like the assumption should always be, always, always be that all lives matter all of the time. But it feels to me now that uh, particularly black lives don't, are not part of that assumption. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the problem. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. All lives do matter, but we would just like to include black lives in that <laughs> if that's okay with everyone <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah which is which is which is great which is crazy um yeah which, and also and like and, and and by the way like when we say when you know when i say black lives matter like it's not in regards to you know it's it's not it, it's not a kind of a hashtag or a phrase to be used every time a black person is killed it's we mean it in all facets. I think I, I tweet. I think I tweeted it the other day when I said, mm. you know, if, you, if you're saying Black Lives Matter, you mean it in every sense of the word. It means that, you know, it means that jobs, for example, like you need to make sure that the jobs are diverse and that you need to make sure that the positions are being held by more Black people. We need to, you know, it, it kind of trickles through every facet of life. So, mm. you know, and so if you are, if you are a company or an organisation or, or whoever saying Black Lives Matter, you really do mean in every sense of the word, and it's not, and you know, in every sense of the phrase, and it's not, yeah, it's not just, it's not just a trend, just because, you know, some, you know, uh, you know, George Floyd has been killed. It's, you know, yeah, not just saying it every time. Then we are, you're saying it every day, and um, uh, and meaning it in, in, in you know, in uh, in uh, every way of life, because at the moment it's. It's very clear to see that you know white people's lives matter more at the moment. Yeah, and that needs to change. So yeah, yeah. Great. Well, thank you very much for talking to us, Paul. No. Um, yeah. And I'm very excited for this podcast to go out. Yeah. Uh, actually, before uh, before we uh, close, um, this is a great opportunity to uh, to plug some reading material. Uh, any reading material you'd like to recommend. Uh, particularly for white people, but for anyone who wants to be more clued up on the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, yes, one hundred percent. So I've actually put, I've actually, so I actually put together um, uh, uh, a reading list. I've started to put together a reading list mm-hmm. um, on my Twitter, and I, I said I, I aimed it mainly for for, for black students, just because I think it's more important. For, I, I do think it's really important that black students kind of have much more of awareness and uh, and uh, and understanding uh, of their culture and their heritage. Um, but I do think there are books in here that I think white people uh, can read. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, sorry, just getting it up at the moment. So, yeah, so why I'm no longer talking to white people about race. Um, mm-hmm. uh, just massively, massively important book. Um, uh, and actually the writer, the great thing is the writer uh, actually put out a tweet saying she doesn't want to profit. Um, uh, she doesn't actually want to profit from what's going on at the moment. 
Um, so if you have a friend, so if you have a friend who has a copy, um, ask to borrow borrow it from the friend, and then donate any money to like the George Floyd Fund, for example, uh, sure. and things like that, because she doesn't feel comfortable um, in profiting from that. Um, but yeah, so you got that book. You've got uh, Natives, the book that I mentioned earlier um, from Akala. Um, she discussed that's a great an book. amazing book absolutely yeah. read um so uh yeah um if you can get on that and then just another one um another book that i actually read a few months ago um the autobiography of malcolm x um which uh is a great 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 book um just because i think there is a very much a, st- a stigma around malcolm x um obviously you got you obviously you got martin luther king who is seen as like he obviously was you know he he kind of went for equality through a peaceful route and then you got Malcolm X on on the surface who seemed like to be the guy who just wanted to rebel and just absolutely go crazy with it um and yeah Malcolm X started out like that but actually reading the book you see that due to his faith and his religion um and towards the end of his life actually he uh you know he he, he did see he did see the positive um side of kind of going through going through a peaceful peaceful route of doing it so so I'd say yeah those are my books that i would recommend very good um paul yeah again thank you so much no no thank you thank you it's been great and uh you can you probably do follow us uh on uh, at mischief comedy but you can <laughs> if you don't do um uh, to get all of our latest podcasts um and paul what is your twitter handle um so i am at paul underscore brown um with a zero um for the o for brown so yeah, very good. Yeah. and and you can have a look at your reading list on your Twitter as well. Yeah, it's all up, it's all up on there. So um, so yeah, that'd be great. Wonderful, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, keep making mischief. Yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.